This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Recording platforms for use in capturing voice of the customer and other customer-centric calls are not new. They've existed for many years, and many organizations have these systems in place. But in today's world of AI-fueled speech analytics, which can analyze and transcribe these calls, are these same businesses missing out? Are their recording capabilities outdated and designed before this age of enhanced technology? Welcome to the Software and Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, James Kent, and today I'm speaking with Steve Kaiser. Steve is the CEO for Oryx, an optimized speech analytics recording solutions provider. We're going to talk about today's world of robust voice biometrics and why businesses should be considering them to make the most out of their valuable data. Steve, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm fine, James. Thanks for having me on. Steve, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about your background in this industry. Okay. Well, it's dating myself. I began in the voice recording space back into the days of the reel-to-reel equipment that translates into the early 80s. I've been in this market since then. Uh, we sold uh, the company that that I had started. We had sold the first network connected recording device in the world for a company that's now a publicly traded company. Uh, We built that business up to 30 plus offices and thousands of customers across North America. And then we sold that business back to that company. And when we got back into the market after our non-competes expired, you know, the, the idea for creating a business is we want it to be different and unique from proprietary models out there. So uh, we decided to approach the world with uh, what's called open source. And back then, a lot of people couldn't spell open source. And now (laughs) it's commonplace. It uh, open source runs the world's infrastructure. So we started with an open source concept. Let's build something modern, open, modular with an incentive for people to collaborate with us to enhance a solution or to build other solutions as uh, as using our solution as a building block to enhance our other solutions. And we're in over 200 countries now with millions of users. And just for reference, you know, the number of countries we're in is probably 40 to 50% greater than what publicly traded companies will, will list on their websites. And it's all from the concept of open source and being modern and open and collaborating. So that's my background. We have a couple partners in the business who also have similar backgrounds in data analytics and call recording. So we have a pretty good foundation for understanding the space and where we think it's going. How often do you believe businesses think about updating or replacing their recording process and technology for say their call centers or you know other areas where they need to be recording calls it's a good question because if you have infrastructure in place and you're committed to that infrastructure and when i say infrastructure i'm speaking uh, specifically about telephony and if you have a recording platform in place you may keep it that's fine that's it, a safe conservative way to look at it However, if you want to participate in the world 
of AI-fueled speech analytics, oftentimes these proprietary systems cannot support uh, the kind of model, the quality access and control you need to, to interact with third-party analytic vendors, or they flat out block you from from any solution other than their own. So you're, you're kind of locked into a, uh, locked into a small room with these guys and you oftentimes pay a lot of money for it. I think the irony of it is, is some of these companies have spent millions of dollars and spent hundreds of thousands of years supporting a product and they're told they don't own their data and they can't share it with third parties. Our approach to that whole situation is, hey, keep your existing uh, call recording system in place We'll just put an audio capture system that runs in parallel with that, disrupts zero parts of your environment. And by doing so, you now have captured the data and you can share that data in the quality and the format, the, uh, the means you care to share it, whether it's with a single analytics vendor or the, or the, the 50 or 60 that are listed on the Forrester AI Fueled Speech Analytics uh, research document. So it opens up the door the ability to to transition out of your existing system without actually actually having to trans transition your data outside of your existing system without having to get rid of your system is kind of the new model that people are doing. So that allows people to readily adopt modern technologies when it comes to speech analytics, customer experience, and business intelligence. So to circle back to your question, it's normally predicated on architecture the spillover effect of cloud communications has now meant that uh, people with with open adjunct audio capture systems can access the world's speech analytics ecosystem readily, simply, and at a low cost. So it puts a lot of pressure on these proprietary vendors to to move to the market or lose their customers. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to data, do you think customers they miss that big picture and realize the potential of unlocking their data and that when you're engaged with them in discussions, you find out that they really weren't considering just how important that data is and that, you know, unlocking it could really um, aid them. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just to get throw you some numbers, this was by uh, uh, ICMI, Incoming Call Managers Institute. These are just kind of readily available numbers, and these are, are rough, I guess, call them guesstimates. But a 100-agent call center, they average about 50 calls a day that are seven minutes in length, and each, in each minute has about 150 words. So there's 5,250,000 words a day that hold some kind of value that's going to tell you, yeah, am I making my customers happy? Are my agents performing properly? Uh, am I complying with whatever regulations I have? Uh, are there elements to these conversations that are putting us at, at risk, legal or otherwise, right? And if you don't have that information in a format that can be repurposed, then you lose all opportunity to reuse and repurpose that information. And so I think what's really interesting about the marketplace as a whole Oryx has a relationship with, you know, I counted them up the other day, I think 21 speech analytics partners. And you'd say, well, how, how do you have a relationship with 21 speech analytics partners? Well, many of them fill, you know, niches that, you know, the other ones don't fill. Some of them are broad based and fill a lot of capabilities and niches for people. 
but some might focus on the agent experience. Some might focus on the the voice of the customer. Some might be good for at home workforce management. Some might be good for identifying the caller. Some might be good for uh, just for script compliance. And you can go on and on down the list. There are all these little iterations on where you can extract value in your enterprise. So get back to your point, until you collect it in a format that is usable and shareable, and you can collaborate with multiple entities, you really can't build yourself much of a strategy. So I think where the world has gone, and I referenced it earlier with the cloud, is now companies can, you know, if they have their data in a format they can reuse and repurpose, they can contact one of these third-party analytics companies in a matter of days, get some results back from these guys to, to determine if there's some value with their approach. If they see some value in that approach, it's kind of like a static review of like, say, you know, a day's worth of calls. They can do limited proofs, you know, oftentimes low cost or no cost proof concepts that you, know, uh, you can set up in days, not weeks or months or years, like some of the proprietary guys. Right. And then if they want to move it into production, they don't have to do their entire enterprise. They could do a subset of it or do it for just a period of time. So they remove all this lock-in. The, the software companies that have embraced the cloud and the companies that are embracing the companies that have embraced the cloud get the spillover effect of, of access to uh, you know the CPU power they didn't possess before, access to solutions they didn't have before, and they get it at a uh, at a price point that is you know consumption based and, and very easy to justify any kind of proof or test or even a limited production run on it. So that's where the, where the world is at today. I want to understand how Oryx's solutions transform how companies treat the data gathered from customer interactions. At, at the very basic level, Oryx transformed customers' ability to uh, take data because, number one, there's no arbitrary restrictions on the access to it, which means they can take a collaborative approach with anybody in the world they think that can meet a requirement that they have for speech analytics, voice biometrics, customer experience, or other. So that's the key thing with Oryx. And our approach is companies can do that whether they're using a full-featured call recording application as in a traditional call center for us, where they're using all the modules of Oryx, including our user interface, or a customer that has an existing proprietary recording system in place that's limited in its capabilities can place uh, the Oryx audio capture platform next to it. And then they can interface with that application through our what's called a REST API, a common tool set that they can pick and choose who to share that information with to allow them to enhance their capabilities relative to speech analytics. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Many existing recording platforms, I think the standard probably for many years was mono recordings. Um, but you, you and works, you, you utilize high fidelity stereo solutions. What is the importance of capturing conversations that way? It, uh, it's pretty basic. If you have a poor conversation to start with, then the accuracy of the speech to text conversion 
is affected. And if the speech to text conversion is impacted, then the analytics results will be impacted as well. So it's kind of a cascade effect. So the higher the audio quality level, and in our case, high quality speaker separated audio allows for much greater accuracy than mono solutions. And that's most of the old proprietary solutions are, uh, are kind of mono based. So if you have a stereo speaker separated solution, then you have the ability to achieve higher levels of speech to text accuracy and then higher levels of, of other uh, speech analytics on top of that. Now, I would say the, the other part of that too is we're not fixated on speaker separated uh, of uh, you know high quality audio as the only path. There's other ways to achieve that. And uh, exciting to us in the open source world is that when you look at the world's network, when people move to voice over IP, they move over SIP trunks and they go through session border controllers and then they go through phone systems. Well, it's getting to the point where uh, there's a codec called Opus, like the like the wine OPUS, that is a high fidelity codec that will be even better than the current codec with the high quality speaker separated audio. And what it really means end to end, once Opus is on, you know, is moving through the SIP trunks, through the session border controller through your, your voice over IP system down to the handset. And that's the Holy grail. You'll have <laughs> beautiful audio quality all the way through the system. It takes up le less bandwidth than the other way, uh, than, than the current methods. And you're going to achieve better results and re achieve better analytics with less network and other, uh, overhead. So that's where the world's going and we support that currently, just there's not a lot of people doing it just yet. So that'll be the, the thing around the corner that everybody will be asking for. We're already, we're already supporting that. Well, it seems like with uh, the open source concept, you're constantly being able to grab the future because you know, you're having these improvements come in and these ideas and I think that's a great approach. Yeah, I would agree. What, uh, what convinced us that the open source model was the right model. It, you know, it's a different model than everybody else uses. It, it, you really ask yourself one fundamental question, you know, are the people inside of my company smarter than the rest of the world? <laughs> and I don't think anybody can say they're smarter than the rest of the world. So once you, once you reach that conclusion, then it's like, okay, how do I build something that will attract talent? from around the world to contribute to it. And one of them is creating an open source project that people, you give them the software for free, it's usable, it's got the functionality they want to solve their needs. And the other one in our business, we have a commercial open source solution. So it's the same concepts, it's built on the open source platform. Uh, we provide some enhanced functionality to it, but uh, the, the, the key point is, but the openness and the collaboration and solving problems that other people can't solve and meeting use cases that other people can't meet, those are all readily available to us because we're cooperating with our partners to make those things happen, our partners and our customers. Have you acquired new talent through the collaboration afforded by this open source concept? Well, we haven't acquired talent as so much as talent. Uh, for instance, there's a, 
a company called FreeSwitch, which is an open source uh, platform that's used at scale by many companies that are building out unified communications as a service or unified platforms as a service. Uh, so they use their technology. So their founding people are technical. Uh, one of our founding uh, gentlemen is extremely technical and they have discussions about, well, what can we do to enhance your product and what can we do and, and vice versa, right? So we built a uh, recording module for these guys that optimizes all the open source concepts out there and gives them a leg up on other people that are approaching it with a proprietary method. So that's an example of, you know, we may put a team of engineers on it for three or four weeks. They may put a team of engineers on it for the same time, build it, test it, run it, and then it's out in the, in the marketplace. And then we benefit from it because they pull us into deals and they benefit from it because they get included in deals because they have that feature set. So it's more of the, uh, the way that we interact with our partners and our, uh, and our platform partners as well. And even like I said, our speech analytics partners. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. But the other, you know, the, the key thing with it is, you know, they're all open source concepts. So we don't have to recreate, you know, a brand new software environment for every different solution we have. We leverage what we've learned from other partners into the next partner. So it's an iterative process that scales and builds on it on past success. That's the beauty of open source. Oh, that's great. So Steve, besides audio recordings, do your solutions capture other data that can provide value? Yeah, what's interesting, we've uh, you, you do screen recording. So what's the audio and screen recording? So the agent's talking on the phone, uh, you record the audio. Well, the agent's using the screen, you want to record that screen activity. And then when you play that conversation back, you want to look at both the voice and the screen together. There's a number of things you could you can look at. You could say, well, we designed the screen poorly because uh, the agent had to toggle back and forth between uh, different uh, solutions or the agent had trouble stumbling through this, went to the help desk too much or to our uh, our internal FAQ, uh, so maybe we need to provide more training, or there might be certain things that, uh, hey, we're out of compliance, we're asking these questions, and we shouldn't be given where we're at in the process, right? So there's lots of ways for people to manage it. And it traditionally hasn't been a big seller, but as you can imagine with COVID and more working at home, there's there's a bigger challenge for organizations for agent management, corporate collaboration and customer experience management with this distributed environment. So there's been a surge in demand for voice and screen capture, given the, the new uh, the new model out there. Yeah, I was going to actually just next ask you about the pandemic, because many call centers and other business operations that require call monitoring and recording are now being done remotely from homes. And this practice, right. you know, we could not only see for a while in the near future, but if it's successful, I could see it become a standard for many businesses. And it seems like speech analytics could serve an important role there. It sounds like you're seeing the a trend here. And I thought maybe you should expand on that a little bit. 
Yeah, there's clearly a trend. There are the cloud service providers. That's what we call UCAST, Unified Communications as a Service or Platform as a Service Providers. They've they've had an explosion because those companies that had premise-based telephony systems and now have to have a distributed at-home workforce, they had the challenge of how do I how do I modernize a system that needs modernizing without going on site? So that led those to cloud providers. So now those cloud providers are there, and these cloud providers are pretty smart. You know, they uh, they've got unified communications, they've got the collaboration piece down, and most of them have some semblance of call center functionality. But what is forcing them to do the cloud providers is to partner with or actually acquire companies in the speech analytics space because now they're seeing the the customers, the new customers they're picking up are are, are have very strong call center centric backgrounds and some of the skill sets that uh, or the the feature sets that they're requesting and requiring are things they can't make they can't do right now unless they partner with ecosystems out there or unless they acquire that technology on their own you know interesting what we've seen just over the last month or so there's been some consolidation uh there's been companies like microsoft that bought a platform a ucas uh platform provider so uh, Microsoft already has their cloud infrastructure with Azure. Well, now they're putting telephony infrastructure on top of their, their their Skype purchase, and they've got the Microsoft Teams for collaboration. And you can bet dollars to donuts the next thing they're going to be looking for are analytics companies. And then you can look at a leader in the customer experience space that uh, did all things but voice and recently acquired one of our partners. Uh, this company's name's Medallia. The company they acquired is called Voci. And they're using these guys to uh, say, hey, we can provide customer experience, not across just non-voice channels, but voice and all other channels you have. So they're expanding their world and kind of their operation to, to where uh, they can do things that they couldn't do before and it's going to open them into moving from enterprise to enterprise plus call center so pretty interesting stuff and there's others that we see the same sorts of things you know about a year ago cisco bought broadsoft broadsoft is a was a ucas platform avaya and ring central partnered up ring central is a big ucas provider uh, ribbon communications bought all the technology for nortel and they bought this group called candy so we see those things in the marketplace and, you know, what's interesting to us is that all these people are partners of ours and they'll become better partners because they have a bigger footprint now. And, and the, the key thing with us is just being with the modern and open architecture, we can meet the use cases they have and, you know, currently and then the future ones they're going to evolve to just because, you know, we're there already with other partners. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what ripples are created in the in a specific industry when an event like this pandemic happens. Um, and then, you know, once, once that wave gets over, it'll sort of be like, uh, well, when, when they say that word new normal, you know, I look at the, this particular topic that we're speaking about and what a dramatic change the picture is going to look like 
even as it's happening now, but in six months down the road. I mean, there's going to be so much uh, transformative change. And again, a lot of these businesses we mentioned at the beginning that may have had antiquated systems, they may not have been uh, really ready and equipped to handle a situation like this when suddenly all their employees in a call center that might have been using older technology suddenly they can't go to work. And I can imagine there's probably a few businesses out there kind of, you know, we're left wondering, what am I going to do? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, good enough is not good enough anymore. It, uh, you know, companies are going to have to start looking at the, you know, how do I differentiate and how do I get that edge? And if you're not leveraging cloud communications and cloud collaboration and cloud analytics, then you're going to be left behind because the, you know, the cloud in general and if it can innovate, you know, I, I don't even want to put a number on it, but I, I think it's probably safe to say it innovates 10 times faster than anything proprietary or one single person can do. So if you want to be on the innovation wave, then you've got to figure out, you know, what's my communication strategy where I build the right stack for, my premise cloud or hybrid environment? How do I capture and collaborate with all my interactions? How do I convert that into a usable data partner? And then how do I plug that into the ecosystems that are available out there that give me some kind of competitive advantage given the nature of my business? That's really where the stack is headed. And the people that are in front of that curve are going to be very successful. And the people that don't adopt that curve may be out of business. And I totally agree with what you're saying. Has this situation, has it got Oryx thinking about areas that you, you see a gap or an opportunity in the marketplace that has been exposed by the pandemic that you said, you know, this is the next thing that we need to be working on? There's a big branded company. We have a big call center company. Yeah, they, they move uh, 6,000 call center agents from call centers to home that change their infrastructure need that changed their approach, that that changed the systems they needed to interact with. So it isn't so much us predicting that it's us saying, okay, well, we're going to, we have to meet the requirements of this particular company who's a market leader and uses market leading platforms and software and stuff. So anything we build for them will be repurposable and reusable for everybody else. Going back to my the other point where all the iterations that that come along with open source and enhancing your product accrue to the benefit of anybody that's using your software. So more of that where people are coming to us and say, hey, we, uh, you know, we're a UCAS provider. We use this platform. We're familiar. Hey, we know you guys. We've got 100,000 subscribers with your system. We're going to put analytics in here. You guys have to help us with call flows, workflows, you know. Uh, do some engineering discussion, tell us how to figure this thing out and to build it properly so we can move this thing out to scale to our customers. And those are really nice discussions to have because companies are looking at us as a strategic partner as opposed to just a vendor. Because we're having discussions with their CIO, CTO types that are uh, saying, here's where we're going in the the next 60 days or the next six months, or here's what it's going to look like in a year. Can you guys help us get there? So those are great discussions to have. So what are you? What are your thoughts? Do you think, in for example, the six thousand uh, call center 
these that's a lot of people to move into their homes but once right. all of the kinks are worked out and now people are doing it and the company sees that business can still run is that something that they feel is sustainable and should remain in places i don't know if it's more uh, cost effective to have people working from home in this manner or do you think that once this particular situation is resolved itself you're going to see a gravitation back to the typical call center model. Well, the research indicates that it'll be it won't be the same model. It'll be yeah, okay, the call center that had 600 people in it or 400 or 200 people in it are now going to be you know, people show up two days a week in the call center uh, and the capacity will always be you know, 50 or 40% normal capacity and the rest of the people work at home. Right. Uh, they're they're, they're going to get allow people to have permanent opt-out work at home. But I think for the culture and uh, management and strategy meetings, there's going to have to be some on-premise interaction, at least with traditional call centers. Yeah. That's what the early indication re, re, uh, indicates, that it's going to be a hybrid model. It's not going to be the old model. That's going to be the new model. It's going to be somewhere in between. They haven't figured that out yet. And so, you know, again, this goes back to, you know, if you're going to be in a new environment, you know, are you ready to manage that environment? And it might mean now you might have capability to do analytics both for premise and home agents and collaboration for both, right? And recording for both. You have to do all those things. So now you're thinking of the models, you know, it's changed again. It's gone from all premise to all home to now some kind of hybrid. How am I going to make this thing work? So having a, uh, a platform uh, that with the capabilities and flexibilities and agility to, to meet any or all of those scenarios, it's going to be essential to these guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially just from a measurement standpoint, if you want to know what's working better, is it a home environment? Is it a call center environment? Is it that hybrid? You got to have the data and you got to be able to analyze it and see because that's going to tell you things that you just can't uh, get from a making an assumption, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, Steve, is there anything else that we should cover before we wrap up? Well, I would just say, you know, I think what companies, if, if, if people could take something out of this is that, you know, it, it sounds, somebody hears speech analytics, they get all pinchy faced, like, oh my God, it's, <laughs> It's going to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars and all kinds of engineering time and it's going to be impossible and you know whatever right and, and i think if they look at it the in, in a kind of like a new light they'll be surprised at how easy it is to test out speech analytics when there's an ecosystem of partners out there using something like our you know 20 partners using our audio capture platform that in days can can capture information for you and show you what it might look like where you might find some value at no cost and then do a proof of concept for no cost or very low cost and when i say very low cost it you know under ten thousand dollars to say you know with the potential to say i can save you millions of dollars a year right and then to roll out a solution in in days you know once they've got the proof set up and everything tuned up, it might be, uh, you know, days for these guys to move you into production where you're spending $100,000 to save a million or $2 million a year. So, it's really easy for companies to 
to kind of dip their toe in the speech analytics world. I would encourage everybody that's on this or listening to this podcast is get some independent research from either Gartner or Forrester that talks about the AI-fueled speech analytics vendors out there. Because again, all your needs are going to be different. You know, there's not one uniform need across all industries. And you'll find that there's a lot of partners in the leadership quadrant, a lot, of, a lot that are, are, are just below that quadrant and a lot of emerging technologies, like 40 or 50 technology companies out there that have solutions that uh, that you, you could have access to if you just make a couple phone calls. So more than anything else, don't don't allow what's kind of crept into the space from these proprietary vendors where it's going to be millions of dollars and a year and a half worth of work to maybe get to a solution. Now you can get these you can get to that same result in weeks for ten thousand bucks. There's a lot of value to doing that if you want to explore it. And that gives you a competitive advantage if you're doing that particularly if you can do that at that cost too. Absolutely. Uh, hey, if if anybody out there listening wants to learn more about Oryx or needs to reach out to your team, where should they go? Well, our website is oryx.com, O-R-E-C-X.com. We have a very liberal policy. This is from our open source world where uh, after we have a conversation with somebody to qualify the use case and and what they're trying to accomplish, we provide them with uh, what we call trial software, free software, so they can test it and use it, experiment with it. And uh, if they like it, there's no obligation to purchase it. It's not set up that way. If they like it, they could say, yeah, we'd like to purchase that in a year when we have budget or not something we'd like to purchase today because we need it. Or, you know, conversely, if they they ask us about our ecosystem, we can make recommendations or point them to our partner page and they can look at our ecosystem partners and they can determine the conversations they'd like to have. And we'd be very happy to make those introductions for them. Steve, you're making it easy for people. Yeah, we're trying to. <laughs> Steve, thank you for coming on the podcast today. All right, James. Well, I thank you for having me and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing the post. Well, it was a pleasure. I want to thank my guest today, Steve Kaiser, CEO of Oryx. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Software and Technology Podcast. Catch all our episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, MarketScale.com, or wherever you get your podcast content. Don't forget to leave a rating or a comment. Once again, I'm your host, James Kent. We'll talk again soon.